Welcome to High Panda, the podcast that pits two of the world's most cunning creatures, bizarre beasts, or feisty fauna against each other on a somewhat unorthodox battlefield. Each week, there can only be one true king of the jungle who will be crowned the High Panda. This podcast is not suitable for children due to the rude language. Oh, uh, hey, hey, Kyle. Um, you know we got the uh, the guests coming today, but everything seems a bit kind of out of place around here. Is something going on that you haven't told me about? I mean, in yeah. the car park, I was uh, accosted by a bunch of chimpanzees. They pat me down. They took my wallet. Yeah, this is this is our new kind of security system, Tim. That's in place. It's. I need my wallet. How am I going to get lunch? That wallet clearly had some peanuts in it, and that is why it's been confiscated because no peanuts are allowed on on site. Well, yes, but I, I love peanuts. You you know this. A wallet is no place to keep them, Timothy. Anyway, do you want me to walk you through the um through the four step security protocols we have in place now? There's four steps. Oh, all There's right. four steps. Number one, monkey security guards. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Number two, I've got manta shrimps on every door. Oh, well, that explains that. I thought that was like your leftover Chinese takeaway you just thrown at the door or something. Yeah, see, the problem is I didn't make the doors wet enough. And I don't know if the technology is there to make doors wet. So they're, they dried out and they're dead. Yeah, cross your shrimps on every door handle. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And the chimpanzees aren't going great either because they just keep stealing food off people and they keep letting people in with weapons. They keep giving people weapons as well in exchange for food. <laughs> yeah, one of them did try and hand me a cudgel, now you mention it. <laughs> Which I think is actually the first time I've ever seen a cudgel. It's the first time I've ever heard cudgel, so that's quite useful. <laughs> right, so what's the other two steps you've got? So, um, step three is uh, bullet ants. Bullet ants, okay. And where are they? Well, I couldn't really get bullet ants, so I just kind of went onto Amazon and bought toy bullet ants. So they're just little miniature plastic things, but they look quite scary. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I mean, if you want ants, I guess you could just drop food everywhere and you'd get them eventually, wouldn't you? That's a good idea. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I'm just going to start leaving crumbs around. Uh, Step four, final step, is this big red button on the wall. Okay. If we go into into complete lockdown, then we press the big red button. And unfortunately, Tim, you don't have the clearance level to know what's behind the big red button. What if I just press the big red button? Don't press the big red button. What if I just press that big red button right there? Move it outside. Anyway, the point is, Timothy, this place is completely secure and no one could possibly get in. So unfortunately, Paul is not going to be able to come on the show today. Right. Okay, well, um, should we get set up and we'll just do something else then, I guess? Yeah, cool. All right, let's go into the booth. Hey, wait, wait. Hey, hey, guys. Are we still doing... Press the button, Tim! Press ah! the button! Are we, are we still doing a podcast today? Oh, it's Paul. Tim, Hi. Oh, hey. unpress the button! How do I unpress a button? <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Paul, for what's about to happen. Uh, is I found a cudgel laying out here. Is it one of yours? <laughs> that might be my new cudgel, yes. Gosh, you never see a cudgel anymore. This is crazy. I also found a wallet in the hallway... Uh, it appears to be empty and smeared with feces. Uh, does that belong to one of you guys? That also might belong to me, but I don't want okay. it. You can keep that. <laughs> I mean, you you were expecting me, right? Yeah, we we were we knew you were coming. Okay. 
All right. I mean, there was there's also some like plastic ants laying around. Uh, is the janitorial staff going to take care of those? That's classified information. Okay. Paul, and when you need to know about it, you will be appropriately right. informed about it. Well, this is kind of weird. Uh, you sure you don't mind? I'm here. I just I just walked right in, and and it just like all hell broke loose. So I, there you know, chimps and feces and cudgels, and it, it was it was kind of weird. Right, I'm stopping the bit. I'm stopping the bit. No, I stop the bit now. What is a cudgel? Someone tell me. It's like a small club. Yeah. Why didn't you say small club? Because it's got a name. Oh. It's a monkey-sized appropriate weapon as well. <laughs> Welcome to the po- show, Paul. How Hi. are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? We're very good. Yeah, good. we're very excited to talk about one of my favourite games ever, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Mine too. Have you got a particular favorite um, Super Smash Brothers game? Well, here's the thing. I'm really, really bad at Super Smash Brothers. I started playing Smash Brothers uh, Melee a long time yeah. ago. I'm terrible at it. But it's my favorite version ever because there is still a very, very active <laughs> Smash Brothers Melee tournament scene. After all these years, there's a very, very serious tournament scene around Smash Brothers Melee, and it's gotten boring in the past few years because it's basically the same five guys playing one another. Mm, <laughs> but it's still yeah. fun to watch from time to time. Tim, you're not a big uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee fan, are you? I, I'm just not good at video games. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, happily, I'll happily go to... We've been to some of these tournaments in the UK, like more casual, yeah. usually universities put them on. And you hang out in a, a very greasy, very sweaty room yeah. with, you know, about 50 other guys. Yeah, very uh, fragrant. Playing, yeah, playing melee yeah, and eating yeah. snacks. Um, <laughs> it is fun, but I never last very long. I'm basically the guy that gives everyone a win. There you All go. right. Well, why don't why don't we do a little quiz then, Tim? Because you don't know many of the uh, many of the people. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you some Super Smash Brothers Melee gamer tags, and you can tell me if they're real or not. Okay. 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 First one, Jerry. That's not a real one. That's too simple. That's a real one. That's the 59th ranked player <laughs> in the world. Yep. He mains I'm... Fox and Jigglypuff. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Wizrope? That's a real one. That's a real one. Yeah, that is a real one. He's the fifth oh, best player in the world. Oh, the Wizro's okay. the best one in the world. Yeah. Okay. What about Sergeant Sad? No. Ah, uh, you're right. I made that one up. Did you? Are you feeling <laughs> yeah. okay? Yeah, I thought this game would be a lot more fun than it was, and then it turned out to be a bit of a dud. So just like, <laughs> just, I was like, I know it'll be fun. I'll Make Tim guess stuff he doesn't know with a 50-50 chance. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I don't know. It, maybe it's if we had more charisma, more of like a pitter patter between us, if we liked each other more. But... <laughs> yeah, we'd spent more time together, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, that's all right. Well, um, we we all know that I'm not very good at it, and we've made we've made the point. We, I don't know a lot about Super Smash Bros. Tim, do you want to walk us through the rules for today? Then the rules for Super Smash Bros. You can tell us what Super Smash Bros. is. As far as I know, you pick any random character from your childhood, and you just beat each other up on various platform game maps. And I knew the Y button was like a big smash move. I just hammered that a lot. And that's that's pretty much what Super Smash Bros. is. And it's on GameCube, right? Have I got all yeah. that right? That's all no. perfect. No. Okay. So this, it's the C stick that does the smash moves. That's probably why I never won. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the rules for today. We've got Kyle is battling against our guest, Paul. 
Paul has kindly agreed, although he may regret this, to join us today. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Um, it sounds like you've both played a fair bit more Super Smash Bros. than I have. And obviously, as always, we're going to be each of you picking your champion animal to be a Super Smash Bros. character. We have three categories today that we'll be judging on. Those three categories are smashing, recovery, and marketability. Do either of you want to explain what smashing and recovery is, seeing as I am not the expert in these areas? Well, smashing is just basic fighting. It's it's using your buttons and uh, jumping and and fighting in a way that you know keeps your opponent damaged and at a disadvantage at every at any time. Recovery is if you happen to go off stage. Uh, okay. That is your ability to get back on the stage because these okay. these stages kind of hover in the air and you can get knocked off and there are buttons that you can push to kind of get yourself back at least hanging onto the stage by your hands and then you can get back up and keep fighting yeah i spent a lot of time there i think that's where the majority <laughs> yes. of my game time was on the edge it's quite difficult you you can only jump like a couple times and so i often would just jump and then fall and that would be the end of the game yeah i'm horrible at recovery horrible okay <laughs> one of one of the sweetest things I think I've ever seen in my life is we went to a, a that tournament in York. Yes. Me and our friend Ads, uh, we were both okay. Like, we could we could show up to tournaments and, you know, we wouldn't, like, go out straight away. We'd get through pools and stuff. Tim came along, and uh, Tim's in the middle of this game. He's playing uh, Marth. He's a big guy with a sword against some guy who's playing Mario. And the guy who's playing Mario is just, like, beating Tim, like, loads. And the guy just stops playing about halfway through the game. He's like... Do you just, do you want some pointers? Do you want me just to show you how to play? And Tim's like, yes, please, please. (laughs) And they just stopped playing. And the guy just started teaching Tim how to play the game. I really appreciate that guy. It was very sweet of him. Yeah. He he knew what was up. He knew that I was just like the guy in charge of snacks. (laughs) You were company in the car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Banter for the car. Okay. So should we do this for today? Kyle, do you want to start it off? Yeah. We're going to have both of you tell us what you picked as your animal and a little bit about them. And then we'll go into the first category. Okay. I have picked this time the red kangaroo. Red kangaroo. Okay. Red kangaroo. Yeah. Uh, The legend is that the word kangaroo comes from an Aboriginal word that is Aboriginal for... I don't know, which natives use to describe it to the fascinated Captain James Cook. What? So Captain Cook gets off his boat in Australia. Yes. Do you know the classic Eddie Izzard flag policy? Yes. Okay. Oh, you don't have a flag. I have a flag. This This is is mine mine. now. Yeah. Yes. The way the way the Brits used to do it in the olden days. Um, And they go up to one of the Aboriginals and they see a kangaroo and they say what's this thing and one of them responds kangaroo but the word kangaroo apparently just means i don't know in that aboriginal dialect okay (laughs) i like it it sounds like a bit of a tall tale i imagine you would know what a kangaroo was if you lived in australia no 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 i think it was like i don't know what you're saying kind of thing oh or they didn't understand what he was saying in the first place yeah i assume they were fluent english which is more dumb of me than you can imagine because Captain Cook had just arrived and started blathering in English. So I imagine they didn't know any. <laughs> sorry. So, sorry. Okay. Yes, Tim. The red kangaroo stands between uh, four and a half and five feet tall. They're quite tall kangaroos. 
Okay. Much taller than I thought they were. They're distinguished by uh, their long uh, back legs and long tails. They've got short little hands which they used uh, to fight each other. They live in Australia and they're kind of like a dull red colour. They're the biggest of the kangaroos, the fastest they can jump the highest. That's kind of why I picked them today. Uh, that's about it about the red kangaroo, yeah. The red kangaroo, or as I'll be referring to them for the rest of this episode, the I don't know. The I don't know. <laughs> okay, very nice. All right, Paul, do you want to tell us a little bit about the animal you've picked for today? The animal I've picked today is also from Australia. Oh, okay. And it is a bird called the Southern Cassowary. Oh, yeah! Cassowaries! They are uh, a pretty big flightless bird. Think of maybe like an ostrich or an emu, except with bonus features and a lot deadlier. Yeah, cassowaries are super cool, and I'm really looking forward to listening to you tell us all about cassowaries. Oh, I'm looking forward to talking about them because I'm fascinated by them. They're, they're, I mean, if you've ever wondered, are birds really that closely related to dinosaurs? All you have to do is look at a cassowary. Definitely like, a little oh, yeah. dinosaur, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Australia, they're a rather big bird. They stand about six feet or two meters tall. They weigh around 130 pounds or 59 kilograms. We'll get into more of that in a little bit. They have a, a, a sh like a big bony projection coming out of their heads called a cask. And of course, they have big giant legs and feet, which can do a lot of damage. And cassowary, the word cassowary is a Papua New Guinea word because they, there are a couple of species that live in Papua New Guinea. I'm just selecting the southern cassowary for today because it's the biggest and the meanest of them. And it just means horned. It's a it's a Papua New Guinea word for horned because of that cask or that helmet that they have on their head. Simple. I like it. I thought you might have said it's uh, Papua New Guinean for I don't know as well. <laughs> Steal his <laughs> joke. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> All right. That's pretty cool. So we've got two animals that actually coexist on the same continent. Um so it's likely these two have maybe faced off in, in uh, real life, perhaps. I was just going to say, these are two animals that might have had a go at each other at one time. Similar sizes as well. Would you say four to five foot for the kangaroo, six foot for the cassowary? Yeah, very evenly matched. I think a cassowary is bigger, bigger than a kangaroo. It's taller, definitely. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't think we should Google whether or not a cassowary and a kangaroo have ever had a fight. I don't think that would be... Oh, I'm, I'm literally in the process of doing uh, that right just, now. Uh, it's mainly it's mainly because it's mainly because I think a cassowary would probably kick a kangaroo's ass. So I don't want I don't want people to Google it. I don't. No, let's not do that. Let's let's not look at science. Let's no. just work on let's, <laughs> charisma and charm to yeah, sway let's people. Have, let's have the shouting finish this. Who can shout the loudest and for okay. the longest? Okay. <laughs> um, well. Let's start real physical then between the cassowary and the kangaroo and go into the category smashing. So we're going to take turns to tell myself and the audience why you think your animal will be so good at smashing as a Super Smash Bros character. Kangaroos, red kangaroos specifically, are well known for fighting and for boxing. Okay. Uh, fighting is what kangaroos do when they're kind of defending themselves from predators or in times when they're kind of fighting against each other and it's life or death. But most of the time when kangaroos exhibit aggression towards each other, it's referred to as boxing. 
It's right. a way of determining hierarchy in the group. They get pretty ripped too, right? They're, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're very muscular creatures. <laughs> so it's described on the internet as a, a ritualized form of fighting done during mating season. So the males will rise up on their tail and try and grab hold of each other or jab at each other with their arms, and then they'll kick each other with their powerful hind legs. Now, the goal in this isn't to kill your opponents, similar to Super Smash Brothers, because you don't actually want to get their percentage bar up really high. You want to knock them off the thing, that's the point. Their goal is actually to wrestle them down to the ground. And if you wrestle them down to the ground, you will... uh, of stake dominance you'll be the most dominant male in the i didn't work out i didn't work out what a group of kangaroos was what's a group of kangaroos i think it's a mob a mob Ooh, i a think mob. it's a mob a mob of kangaroos uh so the fight starts off with them kind of posturing at each other they'll both kind of like like you see outside of a weatherspoons on saturday nights weatherspoons is like the big chain pub in the uk where everyone goes and gets really drunk and fights each other you'll see them outside of a weatherspoons drop the shoulders back drop the arms right down make themselves look as big and wide as possible and most of the time this is where it ends with the kangaroo so very similar to us perhaps we uh, inherited some of those those traits from red kangaroos yeah that's how evolution works <laughs> evolution is yeah you yeah get things off of kangaroos <laughs> this is another reason why we can't have actual scientists on the podcast because <laughs> i will they, say shit like this <laughs> they will murder tim <laughs> so yeah they do all of this posturing and it's it's a good evolutionary thing to do if you don't have to exert the energy to fight then there's no point doing it, it happens in most species there's usually kind of a, a squaring off period before an actual fight because it costs it costs energy there's mm. risk of injury so both animals don't want to fight especially humans like humans are really really good at this kind of like squaring up to each other thing yeah it's called mad dogging isn't it you heard that term <laughs> paul have you heard the term mad dogging no what is that? mad dogging i i think i heard this before i saw it i saw it in a kevin hart film and he's trying mm. to explain mad dogging. But I think maybe even you, Kyle, or someone else explained it to me. I've never used the term mad dogging. I'm not the kind of person who goes out of mad dogs. No, it I'm you, horrendously then. middle class. I don't say mad dogging. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one of my, my lesser well-behaved friends then. It's it, in the fear that there is a fight, you've just got to out-crazy the other person and out-aggression. You don't oh. have to actually throw any punches but just get real loud, real aggressive, start yeah, like yeah. shaking and flailing. Yeah. Uh, and it's mad dogging, right? Tear off your shirt, start punching yes. yourself in the face. Like, yes. you do not want to mess with a guy who's already punching himself in the face. Yeah, he's like, let me give you, you know, give you an advantage here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My strategy is called armadilloing, and yeah. I just kind of curl up in a ball on the floor and cry <laughs> and make sure, hope that no one hits me anymore because they think I'm pathetic enough to leave alone. Oh, hug your knees and kiss your arsehole goodbye, eh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the red kangaroo, when they do actually get into fights, it can be quite vicious. So the kangaroo's kick is strong enough to break bones. Oh, like a swan's neck. Like a like a swan can break a, a swan, break a swan's human neck arm's can break an arm. That's what I've heard. <laughs> it's definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the people at home, I'm sure, are tired of hearing you say <laughs> Sick that. Sick of it. <laughs> so, so I thought kangaroos fighting. Yes. Good at smashing, right? Great. So. How much do you think 
a human man can kick. Like force. Yeah, I want pounds pounds per square inch of force. I want the Americanized one. I have no idea what's like a sensible number for kicking. So uh, kangaroos can do eight hundred. Okay. Oh, they can do eight hundred. Yep. I'll go half that. Four hundred. Four hundred, Paul. I'm gonna go low. I'm gonna say like thirty. Whoa! You've both fallen into my trap. The average human kick is one thousand pounds per square inch. No way! So kangaroos don't actually kick harder than people. They don't act like they know that, do they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's confidence. Yeah, yeah. they're mad dogging us. It's all. It's like, <laughs> the kangaroos are mad dogging us. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that flexing it's all those those show muscles those yeah. mirror muscles that are like, like a weak little kick. they'd punch themselves in the face if their arms were longer yeah, yeah exactly so i was i was putting all of these facts together and i was like this is brilliant kangaroos are great at smashing things and then i found out their kicks are actually weaker than human kicks oh, um i did also look it also told me on this website how much a child's average kick is guess how much a child's average kick is oh well, that can't be good though like if you've been kicked by a child it's not this website said 600 pounds of force. So it's 600 pounds of force for a children's kick oh. and then 800 pounds of force for a kangaroo's kick. That's insane. And then professional kickers, that's what they're called, aren't right. they? Tim, the fighting men. <laughs> sure. Oh, I thought you meant like football players. like. No, professional man kickers oh, or man woman kickers. kickers. Man kickers. Yeah. Man kickers. Professional, professional people kickers? Yes, yeah. Am I, am I getting close? I, I think you're talking about like Muay Thai or something like kickboxing, right? Yeah, so one of those professional people, kickers. They like to do that on their time off. Yeah, these kicker... No, professional ones, Tim. Not the ones who do it on the time oh, off. Okay. The ones who are paid to do it. Oh, even worse then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they can get up to, they can get up to about 1,600 pounds of force. Jeez. So twice a kangaroo. No one needs that much power. And the, webs, the website that I read this on yeah. had... Uh, one of the most interesting, the website that was, ta- it was like a sci pop news article mm. about kangaroos kick, kick strength. They had one of the weirdest terms for getting knocked out. They referred to it as getting McGregored. So they said an average Aww. person would get McGregored by a kangaroo, but McGregor would McGregor the kangaroo. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because a lot of people think that MMA stands for mixed martial arts. Right. It actually stands for it actually stands for man kicking martial arts. <laughs> that many man kicking martial arts. Man kicking martial arts. It's, <laughs> it's the little tiny K that no one ever looks at, but it's there. It's there. It's like a. It's like the little subscript on the bottom. Everybody misses exactly. it. Exactly. Everybody thinks it's like the trademark symbol. Have, you got, have any of you guys ever been to a shin kicking tournament? No. Oh, sorry. That was one of the most North Englandest things that I've ever said Is in my life. Wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, yes, no. I've known you for yeah. so many you years. To, like, that I don't know anything about you. You go to a county fair, right? And uh, there's shin kicking tournaments where you get like trousers and you tie string around the legs of your trousers and then you fill your trousers full of hay. Okay. No like padding, and then you hold onto each other's shoulders and then you just kick each other in the <laughs> shins until one person falls over. Oh, you guys really need to get some like TV and internet up there. <laughs> that totally sounds like an invention by like drunk people on a farm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, That's completely. amazing. A hundred percent aboard farmers out in the middle of nowhere. Un- unrelated to this podcast, but related to that, did you know that there is a professional pillow fighting league? No way. And they get these people that were in mixed martial arts, or I'm sorry, man kicking martial arts. <laughs> yeah. And they are actual fighters, but they 
swing pillows at each other. <laughs> I bet that's what it's just like going from being a professional man kicking martial artist to being a pillow fighter is like such a such a relief for your body, right? Taking like blows to the head to taking pillows to the face, so much nicer. Maybe, but they put some power and some speed behind these yeah. <laughs> these pillows. Yeah. I don't know if they're are like these... regulation pillows, but it's that the was most my ridicu- exact question was gonna be, are these pig- pillars regulation pillows or I'm stuffing rocks in mine. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. I'm putting rocks in mine. I'm in it to win it, son. <laughs> this is the worst thing about Tim MCing whenever we do a joint thing is that Tim just gets wrapped up in his own stuff and doesn't move oh, yeah, sorry. enough so we end up <laughs> So what you want to say is the Red Kangaroo's got a pretty good striking game but can't kick for shit compared to a human. Yeah. Uh, and, it's got more of a good grappling and game. They, their ultimate aim is ground game. Get them on the floor. Okay, I like it. All right then. Uh, yes. Paul, do you want to tell us about the cassowary and smashing? Okay, well, <clears throat> when I found out that I was going to be on this podcast and I picked my, my uh, bird, my animal, that I was going to do, it was a pretty slow day at work. And I actually mapped out a controller... No for way. the cassowary. Yeah, I, I mapped out an entire controller. So um, with any bird, its basic first defense or offense that it's going to use is pecking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be like, you know, your left stick is going to be your left, right, you know, up jumps, down ducks. And so your peck attack is just going to be your A button. Standard, standard neutral peck attack. Okay. Now, if you hold your control stick and press A, those are going to be your tilts. Okay. So a cassowary's attack, one one of the main attacks it does is it'll just barge into you. Like I said, it was, it's about two meters tall, about fifty nine kilograms, um, and it's just like a large high school freshman on a skateboard just barging into you, just plowing into you. Sort of like a dash attack, but a little bit stronger. Okay, I've heard about these kids on their skateboards. <laughs> they don't they don't watch where they're going. They're Boom, always on my there is on my sidewalk as well. I just said sidewalk. Yeah. Oh. I Americanized it for <laughs> just, you, Paul. Ah, uh, <laughs> betrayed myself. I'm over here trying to. I'm over here trying to be nice to you know convert everything into meters and kilograms for I you know. guys. And come up with sidewalk. By the way, I'm terrible at knowing what weights things are. Okay, and Tim, can you just tell me how much 59 kilograms is? 130 pounds. Oh, there you go. No, still bad. I need like a thing. <laughs> Okay, it's, like it's a... less than you by about two of my cats. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, we have a metric using my cats and his cats. <laughs> and me and you. Very specific unit of measurement system. For people at home, I'm a, I'm a tall, thin man. Yeah. So that helps. And Tim's got two big, fat cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we, we've now mentioned, I think, every episode for like the last four episodes. Well, yeah, because we have to do sizes of things. I don't know how sizes work. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Paul. I've just like completely taken that away from you. Right? Oh, that's fine. Please tell us. Because you've actually gone to the trouble of, of mapping out this controller. Yes. Yes, we've got, we've got our tilt attacks. We've got our okay. dash attack. So now if you fast tap the control stick and hit A, those are going to be your smash attacks. Okay. So that's going to be your headbutt. Oh. Um, yeah, now cassowaries have that helmet on the top of their head. It's also called a cask, and it is made out of keratin, just like your hair and your fingernails. And you can't mistake it. It's just a giant horn coming out of the top of its head. It is hollow, and researchers found out just a few years ago be- that its function is to offload body heat. Okay. Yeah, it, it helps with thermoregulation. 
because it's a video game, I'm going to take a few little liberties and say that it will, you know, headbutt you with that cask, although they yeah. don't do that in nature. But uh, it seems like a really, really good weapon, and uh, I thought it would be a, a good idea to, you know, why not headbutt it, it or, like, like uppercut weapon, with that thing? Right? I mean, yeah, that horn looks absolutely brutal. And for a long time, they thought it was a weapon or even, like, just a tool to clear the underbrush when it's walking through, like, bushes and stuff. But it's not, it's, it's not a weapon at all. It's not a weapon at all. It's kind of like having an air conditioner on your head. Ah. So if you, have a, if you have an air conditioner on your head and you're being attacked, you're going to probably hit him with the air conditioner <laughs> if you can. So that's what I figure. Like, they're going to use that in video game land. Definitely. They're going to use that thing to headbutt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I can imagine, like, their victory pose as well, being it opens up and there's some, like, treats inside of it <laughs> for it to eat. <laughs> there you go. Treats! <laughs> yeah, treats! Like Skittles or M&Ms or... Not like a whole Toblerone. You wouldn't fit a whole Toblerone in there. That'd be silly. They should go for the fake-out. They should open it up, they go reach inside, and then pull out a middle finger. <laughs> that's what they do they are hollow and people that work with them say that you can like pinch them like you can feel that they're hollow oh they look solid but they're actually like very very thin they're like fingernails okay so there's a bit of flex to them yeah yeah and um, it's made from so it's kerosene right so it's the same material as obviously Feathers, our hair but rhino yeah. horns are made from it, aren't they yeah Is that exactly right? bulletproof armor yep. i think yep uh unfortunately the aerial attacks aren't going to be that great because a cassowary has barely any wings they're like afterthought wings you know just for decoration uh, they're just they're just ornamental like mm. to meet the basic requirements for being a bird you have to have wings and nature just said eh, good enough you've got you've got wings it's fine it's like the, the end <laughs> yeah. of the class project when you've gone through all the criteria and realized you've missed something like, <laughs> ah fuck it so in <laughs> conclusion yeah we needed a paragraph that mentions this fuck all right <laughs> <laughs> But the thing that the cassowary has going for it is it can jump more than its own height straight up into the air. Oh, nice. <gasps> yeah. So if you want to count that as an aerial attack, it can like peck or headbutt while it's way up there in the air. And I'll talk a little bit about that in because we're going to talk about marketability. So like mm. put a little asterisk, you know, after a bunch of this stuff, because I think when we talk about marketability later on, it's going to change some of these stats. Now, okay. uh, Special attack is your control stick plus the B button. Okay. That's the real smashing, and that is going to be the cassowary's feet and claws. And like I say, if you've ever seen a close-up picture of a cassowary's feet and claws, it looks like a dinosaur. They're crazy looking. There are three toes. Two of the toes have just standard claws, even though they're pretty big. But the third claw on the inside of the foot is about five inches long. I didn't convert that to metric. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's about, it's like the, it's as long as your hand, probably from yeah. your wrist to the your middle finger, tip of your middle finger. And that's the one to watch out for. Cassowaries will kick and slash with their feet in a very uncontrolled, unpredictable manner. It's what you need in a fight is unpredictability. They're just going to swing those feet around and hit whatever they can hit. And that claw, that big claw is going to maim and disembowel predators, of which they have very few. Um, feral dogs and domestic dogs will... Uh, go after them and uh, cassowaries hate dogs and they will absolutely disembowel a dog i was just going to quickly bring it back to uh kangaroos there's that video of a red kangaroo um getting a dog in a chokehold though okay so like <laughs> i remember that kangaroos will also fuck up a dog oh yeah so it's a good thing neither of you picked a dog then huh 
<laughs> is that the video where the guy jumps out of the truck and squares up against the yes. kangaroo and punches yeah, it in the face? Yeah, and then he punches the kangaroo in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's some proper... Uh, I think that's Bogan, Hillbilly stuff right there. Yeah. That's Bogan's really word, Australian. Yeah. Yeah. That is super Australian. <laughs> in the past 100 years, there have been two recorded cases of human deaths by cassowary. Oh. Yeah. In 1926, there were two dumb teenagers in Australia. They decided to mess with the cassowary, and one of them got his throat slashed and bled out. Oh, my God. And in 2019, a man who kept a cassowary, uh, he was kind of elderly, and he was out on the farm, and he fell down, and the cassowary... I think was startled that he fell down and it attacked him, killed him. Shit. And that's why you don't keep wild animals in <laughs> your house. <laughs> I choose to believe that the cassowary tripped him up. <laughs> oh, I was could startled. Be. <laughs> hey, birds, birds in general are dicks. Oh, yeah. yeah. The thing with wild animals as well is there's always this story. It's always this story of this guy who's like, oh, yeah, I've got a lion in my back garden and he's really cool and he's fine and this one's fine. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, see, this lion's fine. It's like, yeah, like now. And then it's always six months later and they've had their spleen eaten by the thing. And it's like, <laughs> it's always the same story. It's always fine until it's not anymore. Have you, have you guys ever watched the uh, documentary Grizzly Man? Is that the one about the guy who gets eaten by the bears? Yeah, yeah. He's up in Alaska. Yeah. He, yeah, he's up in Alaska. He's staying with the bears. He's like being all Bob Ross about it. And, oh, look at the bears are so nice and gentle. Mm. And, you know, these are my friends. And then, yeah. And then yep. he stays longer than he should, doesn't he? So he stays into mating season. Yeah. And everyone tells him to leave and he doesn't. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the bears kill him obviously because they're bears and that's what they do yeah yeah because he tastes nice because it's mating season and the bears are horny so they have to kill things like yes and he's made of delicious meat yeah exactly that's his fault really that's his own damn fault shouldn't be made of delicious (laughs) meat for being so delicious (laughs) (laughs) oh okay continuing on with the the uh, controller grabs and throws those are going to be done with the left shoulder button and the control stick that's just going to be pretty much the beak's job i think although i think jumping straight up in the air and grabbing your opponent with your feet and then slamming them to the ground would be a pretty sweet little smash move that sounds like a really cool move yeah yeah shields and dodges are done with the control stick and the right shoulder button that's pretty standard now the taunts with the directional pad Mm -hmm. Cassowaries use a variety of hisses and deep growls and rumbles, and you should go on YouTube and and look at videos or listen to videos of the noises cassowaries make. It's really, really weird and creepy. The rumble that a cassowary can produce is so low in frequency and so powerful that people who take care of cassowaries, like keepers in a zoo, report that they can feel it in their bones. Oh, is that like infrasound? Infrasound's a thing, right? Oh my god, yeah, I'm listening to it now. Yeah, it's crazy. It sounds like a hippopotamus. Yeah. Does it make you need a poo? Probably if you were right next to it and it was If, doing if that. I was right next to it, I would have pooed my pants by now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It would just physically loosen your bowels. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like it wouldn't be you wouldn't you wouldn't poop yourself out of fear. It would just be a physical reaction to the sound. It would oh, just shake your shake your intestines and yeah, it'd be all done in our like the brown note from South Park. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I think if you were to compare Cassowary to an existing Smash character, he's a lot like Captain Falcon. Mm. Like, not top tier, but way up there. Um, like, the Falcon Punch takes a little time to charge up, so he's not really used that much in competitive play. Mm. And people that main uh, Captain Falcon don't tend to win very often, though he's a fun player to watch play. But when they win, they win rice. <laughs> none of this, none of this Jigglypuff running away, spacing, jabbing people out <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, get in their I, face. Falcon punch them into the sun. I agree with that. So yeah, that is the uh, the smashing power of a cassowary. Whoa. Okay, so that's a very thorough breakdown of the cassowary as the uh, Super Smash Bros. character. And I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot of those terms. I am a button <laughs> basher by nature, uh, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I see what uh, some of the moves were for sure. And Kyle, you've got your uh, stand-up game and your ground game for the kangaroo with the 800 PSI kicks as well. Um, for this round, I've got to give it to Paul. You mapped out the entire controller for the cassowary. Very thorough job. You, sir, did your homework. I would completely agree that having kicks slightly stronger than a child is a rubbish, rubbish thing to say about yourself. <laughs> All right, well, let's go on to the next category, which is recovery. And as you explained earlier, Paul, this is getting yourself back onto the platform, back onto the map when you've been booted off of it. So, Kyle, do you want to uh, start us off? Yeah, it's Kyle's time to shine. Mm. So, kangaroos are best known for hopping, obviously. They can't actually move their legs independently of each other. They have to hop from thing to thing they can't step they have to hop is that because of the bdsm restraints they're always wearing (laughs) (laughs) you horrible pervert (laughs) all right continue just ignore him paul he goes away eventually uh is this what this show is all about are you kink shaming marsupials yes if so i'm going to walk off (laughs) how am i the bad guy you're the bad guy kyle i finally got back up thank you paul all right in order to help them with this, in order to help them uh, amble around to move slowly, their tail can be used as kind of like a fifth limb to help them kind of move around and locomote. And this is actually called a pentapedal gait. Okay. Pentapedal obviously means... Uh, five. Five feet. pedals. Five feet, yeah. yeah so the kangaroo answer. technically, scientifically, has five feet because it uses its tail as a foot to help it move along. Oh. It uses its two legs, and then it can use its front legs to kind of hop, like like a bunny rabbit, how that would hop. Yeah, so they get down on all fours sometimes and use their front yeah, legs? Yeah, exactly. Oh, if, they're, cool. if they're just like kind of moving slowly. Mm. The tail itself can produce as much force as a human leg can. So it's quite powerful and quite strong. Uh, And this is really important when they're kind of running along. So it allows their tail moves up and down in order to stabilize themselves when they're running. A little bit like uh, how you'd imagine like a velociraptor running, kind of long and straight with like the tail out in front and the body out in Mm. front. It keeps the center center of mass over the legs. And this long, powerful tail can help pivot up and down as they're running. It can also give them a bit of a, a power start. So it's a bit like uh, having kind of like the blocks behind you when you're running 100 meters in order to push off of. They push off of their tail in order to start moving forwards. Cool. Okay. Interesting. 
the hind legs are kind of like large springs. They store a lot of elastic energy in them. So when the kangaroo tightens its muscles, it stretches these long ligaments that go up the entirety of its leg. And this helps to transfer energy really quickly from bounce to bounce. Okay. So uh, comparisons with dogs show that a red kangaroo can run at similar speeds to dogs whilst using less energy than dogs because they've got... They're bouncing. Because uh, they're, trans- they're transferring this energy quick. It's like being on a trampoline. Yeah, like the gravity when they drop and hit reloads the spring and they bounce off again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're transferring that energy quickly. It's a lot like when we were talking about brachiation, how because you're transferring one en- energy from one movement into another, it's a really like efficient method of traveling. Whereas uh, the same thing, if you're transferring the, if you're not losing energy from spring to spring, mm. you're uh, saving that energy. Oh, okay, cool. Do you, want some, uh, do you want some facts about distances and things? I do love some number facts, yeah. Kangaroo can run at 35 miles an hour. So, that's like a sprint. That's like a, that's, like a world-class sprinter. Uh, yeah, I think. I think it's faster than that. Their bounding gait allows them to jump 25 feet in a single leap. Fuck off. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you lying sack of shit. 25 feet. That's huge. 25 feet. Uh, and then um, Paul isn't the only person who's gone away and done some proper research oh. into this. I Ooh. worked out that Battlefield is 16 metres across. That's one of the, the maps, right, for Super Smash Bros. Yeah, so okay. it's the standard battle map. It's the standard Super Smash Bros. map that you okay. have. It's 16 metres across. Do you want to know how I know that? How, how did you figure this out? Because I'm super fucking impressive, impressed with this. In Minecraft, okay. right, one block yeah. in, a, in the Minecraft world is a meter cube. Yeah. Okay. And one of the new characters is Steve from Minecraft. And Steve from Minecraft can lay 16 blocks across Battlefield, meaning Battlefield 16, 16 meters. meters across. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> nice. It's in the noggin right there. Damn. <laughs> I actually just looked up Battlefield on the internet Did and they you? said fun fact. I didn't do any of the research myself. I'm sorry. I, I imagined you like oh, dusting no. off the GameCube and doing that. No, I, I was going to. Oh. And then I just, and then it was already there. So I was like, I don't have to. No. I was so impressed too. I was going to give you points for that. Because oh. a kangaroo can jump eight meters. Yeah. And a standard Super Smash Bros. character has two jumps, a double jump. A kangaroo can jump the entire length of Battlefield on their double jump. Nice. And the world record is 12.9 metres for a kangaroo jump. And I don't think there are many characters out there who can double jump across the entire stage. Okay, so that's to get them back on the map, their recovery. Yeah, they've got five legs, more recovery. They can jump really far. Damn, okay. Just general good. General good, I like it. Okay. Paul, you want to tell us about the cassowary and their abilities for recovery? Well, a cassowary on its own is not going to have great recovery, I gotta admit. But we're going to put a little asterisk on this because I'm going to get to this later on. Um, Like Captain Falcon, like Captain Falcon's recovery time is not that great. And I can sort of see that being true of a cassowary, uh, maybe even a little bit worse because they don't have any freaking wings. They can jump (laughs) really high, but without wings... It's going to be hard to get back on the stage. A a real cassowary also has a very high center of gravity. So even though they have those long, thick legs to to support it, like I imagine if you knock over a cassowary or tip one over, it's not going to 
get back up right away. It might take some doing. Um, I could be wrong. Could be a fun experiment. Yeah, I was going to say, is that yeah. a, a, an Australian pastime, like cow tipping, <laughs> yeah. cassowary tipping? <laughs> those two kids were out there messing with cassowaries, so you never know. Yeah. It could be... It could be one of those things where you, you drink a Foster's and you go out and you mess with the cassowaries, you know, <laughs> try to tip one over at night. Oh, the Australians would hate you for saying they drink Foster's, right? They don't like Foster's. They don't like they? they're like a VHB's bag bag oh, wine. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the cassowary might be able to hang onto the ledge with its beak, but I think if the cassowary is I'm just being honest, if the cassowary is off stage, one good hit off stage and I think you're down a stock if you're using the cassowary however uh when we get into marketability i think i have the i think i have the solution for that oh your solution isn't to do banjo kazooie is it because kazooie's definitely not uh a cassowary you're you're not that far off there's a different one there's a different one it's not banjo kazooie though because <laughs> kazooie's not not a cassowary it's, it's a not banjo kazooie that's fine. Okay, so for this one, we've got massive jump for the kangaroo, five limbs using the tail to get them going and to help stabilize them. The cassowary, wings aren't as useful in this, right? But they've also got a pretty big jump too, right? So you said they can jump their own height, which is a pretty impressive feat. Uh, they're also, you said they're top heavy? Correct. Did I miss anything there? What else did we have? They are very top heavy. High center of gravity. Okay. Cool. Yes. All right. So I am going to edge towards Kyle and the kangaroo on this one. For that double jump, the whole width of the battlefield map, right? Two jumps will take them the whole width. That's pretty impressive for recovery distance. Why, thank you. And for looking up how big battlefield was as well. That was was very good of you. Good use of Google. (laughs) Well done. <laughs> well done. I agree with that decision. <laughs> All right, so we are one-one, as is often the case. I was going to say as is tradition, but <laughs> it's not officially tradition. Um, last round is marketability. Yeah. Um, so getting the hype for the crowd, getting that popularity for your character. All right, take it away, Kyle. I get to go first. Excellent. So, um, kangaroos are um, a staple of. Australian culture. The Australians love the kangaroo, and one of their greatest symbols of Australian nationality is the... The didgeridoo. And the... Boomerang. And the... Foster's beer uh, (laughs) mascot. (laughs) And the convict uniform. Crocodile Dundee. I can do this all day, Carl. You're going to have to cut me off. The boxing kangaroo. Oh, okay. Lovely. Yeah, the boxing kangaroo is a it's a symbol. It's usually one, uh, like one on T-shirts or it's made as a flag. It's a it's a green background with kind of a gold a shield and then a golden colored kangaroo wearing two bright red boxing gloves. Oh, cool! It's worn at sporting events. It's worn at cricket mm-hmm. games. Uh, it often represents Australia in the Commonwealth as well. Okay. Yeah. Now this comes from the obvious real kangaroo boxing that used to happen in the early 1900s have you heard about kangaroo boxing wait oh no you're you're telling me they actually had them box each other there was actual kangaroo boxing in the early 1900s it is not the big part of my story i'm going to cycle through it very quickly but it was a very bad thing the there is a, a a news article online about how the new york zoo issued an apology about holding america's first kangaroo boxing match ever 
Okay. Um, there's basically a dude would wear boxing gloves and a kangaroo would wear the boxing gloves and they'd fight each other in the ring. No, I remember seeing um, a long time ago, one of our first episodes on varmints was about kangaroos. And I remember seeing this old black and white video of this guy in a boxing ring punching the crap out of a kangaroo. Yep. You can absolutely, yeah, um, go and look at those online. It is not a great part of human history. (laughs) Let's put it that way. It's not, it's not, it's not the best. It's not penicillin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not penicillin or sliced bread. No. (laughs) It's the other end of that scale. Yeah. Although I'm shocked, I'm acting really shocked, and then I'm thinking back to human history, and we've made everything fight everything. That is true. Right? Like m- at least making them wear gloves is slightly better, and fighting a dude Perhaps. is slightly better. Oh, still bad. Anyway, moving on. So this okay. leads me to because the rules of Super Smash Brothers. Tim, do you know what the rule of Super Smash Brothers is? Who can put in new characters? Uh, don't tell anyone about Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> the first rule of Super Smash Brothers is <laughs> <laughs> so. The rule of Super Smash Brothers is that they can go in. Sakurai, who is the inventor of the game, says that you can have a character go into uh, Super Smash Brothers as long as they started in a video game. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's where you get your character from. Yeah, so a lot of people are quite unhappy about that rule because it means... uh, Is it Geralt from The Witcher? Yeah. There's a video game for The Witcher. But he started in a book. Yes, I see. I thought that we could include Roger and Roger Jr. and Roger's wife, who are the fighting kangaroos from the Tekken series. Oh, I had no idea about this either. I vaguely remembered it from being a kid, and then this is what I was talking about earlier on. I went into a massive deep dive hole about Roger from the Tekken series. So are you ready for a wild ride, guys? Because this is (gasps) absolutely bonkers. Okay, tell us. Okay. So Roger is obviously from the Tekken series. They yeah. uh, recently in 2021 released a Tekken character on Super Smash Brothers. So it's happened before. So there's precedent for okay. it. So he could totally go in. And this is what I'm going to sort of... Make your case, Kyle the Kangaroo. I'm, ded- <laughs> no, I'm just saying on a wider spectrum, I'm dedicating my life now to getting Roger in Smash because he deserves it, okay? <laughs> so Roger, I'm on the Tekken wiki here. I know nothing about Tekken, but I'm just going to okay. read you some stuff, Okay. So the okay. origin of uh, the origin of Roger is that he is was a DNA sample taken from a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. He was built for a private military force by a guy called Kazuya. Okay. He wanted to make. He thought that combining the DNA of a kangaroo and a human would make a super powered fighter. Which but it actually did. just got a guy who couldn't kick as hard. <laughs> <laughs> He can jump 23 meters over the battlefield stage and he can run at 60 kilometers per hour. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's move (laughs) on to Roger's likes and dislikes. Okay. His favorite thing is his son. Roger is trying to get back his son, Roger Jr. And he dislikes being uppercutters. (laughs) Sorry, what? And I thought, I thought you guys might want to know why he doesn't like being uppercutters. We can guess. There's a reason why he doesn't like being uppercutted, yes. Come on, what's the reason? So, this is the ending to Tekken 6. If you play through the story modes, you get different endings for each character, okay? And I'll just read it for you verbatim. This is it, okay? Okay. Um, Roger is teaching his son 
Roger Jr. Mm. boxing moves and bonding with him. When all of a sudden, his wife comes in and confronts Roger with pictures of him with other female kangaroos. (laughs) As a result, she uppercuts him up through the roof. The screen ends with Roger Jr. gazing in confusion at what had just happened. Throughout the whole ending, canned laughter can be heard. (laughs) This is the wildest computer game character I've heard in my life, and it needs to be in Super Smash Brothers. I started researching Red Kangaroos as a joke, but now I am seriously... Roger needs to go in. Yeah. Like, I think he'd fit right in, wouldn't he? he? Like, this is a picture of him. Look, he's got boxing gloves on, he wears a tie. Yeah, he's like business kangaroo, right? I, I cannot take that <laughs> kangaroo seriously with that tie on. It's got to lose the tie. <laughs> he's, I, well, here's the thing, is that you can have different skins in Super Smash Brothers as well. So the skins okay. would be Roger, Roger Jr., his son, and then Roger's wife. Okay. So I think this is incredibly marketable. And if there was a... Especially in Australia. If it was dropped tomorrow that Roger was going to be in Smash, I think everyone would lose their mind. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what people... That's what people love is obscure references to video games from the 90s and noughties, right? People just love it. Yeah, and then shit. the Australians would love it because that's like their national animal like, or something. And, uh... Yeah. And all the Tekken people. Okay, cool. Very nice. If you've got like if you've got an hour to spend, I would suggest just going on to the Tekken wiki and reading all about Roger. Okay, so rather than spend an hour listening to this podcast, you could better spend your time reading about Roger on the wiki. Yeah, stop the podcast stop. now. You've still got you still got a couple of minutes left. Sp- no, this bit's this. Don't worry, this bit's boring after this. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Like we're 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 done. You don't need to know who wins. It's fine. Just go talk about Roger. Go, go do your own research about Roger. You'll love it. It's worth it. Go on to Twitter. Hashtag 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 Roger in Smash. Roger in Smash. All right, Paul. Tell us about the cassowary and its marketability for Super Smash Bros. Okay. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I just want to say I just want to give a shout out to all the people that just cannot be bothered to read because podcasters like us really rely on you. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we would not have an audience if more of you just like picked up a book now and then. So thank you for not reading. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Not using Google. <laughs> so I kind of had the, the same strategy uh, as Kyle. Um, you Marketability might be good for the cassowary just on its own based on its looks so it's an ostrich it's got like a blue head and a red neck very mm. brightly colored probably for mating they have the the uh, waddle on the neck there and they have those big comical looking massive legs and feet they're like dinosaur feet they're just modern birds all of them descended from a group of two-legged dinosaurs like the tyrannosaurus rex however the way to the, the way to get this into a smash brothers game is by adding a pokemon called dodrio okay so essentially essentially a three-headed cassowary now as you were saying before this has precedent there are several pokemon in the smash brothers game um and now with the three heads you've solved the problem of recovery because it could use those three heads i'm picturing like a helicopter to get back on the level uh it's it's increased your peck attack because now you have three beaks coming at you instead of one um so that venn diagram of pokemon fans and smash players i think is perfect for the cassowary, if you wanted to include it as uh, Dodrio, the Pokemon Dodrio. Uh, Ellen from Just the Zoo of Us is probably yelling at me right now, <laughs> or yelling with me. Um, everything I've read suggests that 
Dodrio is like a mid-tier Pokemon. And so that tracks, like, with the cassowary in general. Not the best, but pretty up there. And I think if you, you know, with the addition of two heads, you've got a solid B-tier Smash character that you could play. You could probably use it in tournaments. What would be a really cool mechanic that you could add in, which would be a new mechanic that I don't think anyone has, is that because it's got three heads and it's really good at pecking, it could peck into the side of the wall and then use its three heads to climb up the side of the wall with just its heads. There you go. So rather than like grabbing the edge or perhaps jumping off the edge, it would could like land at the bottom and then climb up slowly. That would be terrifying. That would be terrifying. And um, shout out to Ellen from Just the Two of Us. We've had her on the podcast before. That's a, a yeah. great one to check out. It is. She's awesome. Yeah, it was D&D Bard. <clears throat> right, so a Dodrio type cassowary. A three-headed cassowary is what we're going for. Absolutely. Yeah, and Pokemon's got a huge market, for sure. Still going, right, Pokemon? I mean, I dropped out oh, at sure. like, Red and Blue. In fact, I still have my old game cartridge for Red and the Game Boy I played it in. Yeah, now my kids still play Pokemon Go on their mobile devices. Oh, and I yeah. Believe, I believe there's a Nintendo Switch uh, Pokemon game right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the Sword and Shield. I played Sword and there Shield recently. I'm going to say something controversial, but I'm 30 now. I played it, and I, I think it's for children, the, the game. I don't... It's not for I nostalgic did, I just didn't purposes. get it anymore. It's still aimed at children. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the game when I was a kid, but now I'm 30, I played it again, and I was just like... Yeah, it's fine, I guess. It's okay. <laughs> I like poke. I like the Pokemon, like, lore. I like the animals. Yeah. I like the cool pictures of them. But I can't play the games anymore. I just find them a bit repetitive and long. Okay. I'm such an old man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. That's it. <laughs> All right, well, um, feel free to at Kyle at HyPandaPod <laughs> on Twitter. Or I guess you could throw some abuse at the Instagram account, which I usually run is also at iBandapod if you think he's uh, being a mean bastard man about that. I'm not I'm not scared of any of you guys on Twitter. Just come at me. <laughs> come at me. Come at me, Twitter Pokemon community. Okay, so we've got marketability. It's really a split between um, Pokemon and Tekken, right? I think that's what and, it comes down to, yeah. And the boxing kangaroo emblem. And the boxing kangaroo emblem of Australia, which is yeah. it's deeply seated in animal abuse. If I'm correct. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, yeah it is. Fuck. Imagine if they did it with a dog. What I did this week was pick an animal that can't really fight very well, fights a little bit better than a child, and (laughs) is symbolised by animal abuse. Fuck, why did I pick fucking kangaroo? I think for the purposes of PR mainly, I have to give this to Paul. We can't be lauding the red kangaroo as a symbol of greatness when it, we're touting the fact that it was beaten up by by men for, for so many years. Yeah, you're absolutely oh, sorry, right. It was close, and there was some brilliant stuff coming out from both of you there, and I really appreciate the trip down memory lane for Super Smash Bros. But that means that today, Paul, you are the High Panda, which means you get this uh, crown, which I think is currently tinfoil, We've had to replace okay. the crown a number of times. Our guests often beat us. And I think there's also a scepter. We'll dig around somewhere in this office and find for you. Um, it is covered in very loose glitter. Beware of that. It will get okay. all in your luggage. Okay. Uh, you're perhaps best off like wrapping it in plastic or something. There looks uh, like there's somebody's 
hair stuck in this crown? Y- yes. It's a otter hair. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Don't ask questions about it. It's yeah, fine. Don't pick it off. That's part of that's part of the look. Part of yeah. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's Fair meant enough. to be that. It's meant to be that. Right. Um, so big congratulations to you. Paul, did you want to um, shout anything out? Any of your own podcasts, any of your own projects you're working on? Um, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Where can people reach you? Uh, right now, I am a man without a podcast. Okay. I was on the Varmints podcast just until about a week ago, and I'm taking a break from that. But if All you right. still want to listen to that, that is still going. My, my co-host is keeping that going, Donna. Uh, so go listen to the Varmints podcast. I'm currently working on a couple of other projects and i'm doing voices for other podcasts and having fun with that oh nice and i am on twitter at pcsomo pcsomo very yep. nice and right at bacon is my favorite vegetable on instagram <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it all right this week i've decided to try and give something back to the community and i'm gonna leave you with a tim's top tip for everyone um, I imagine most of our listeners have been for a shit before, but if you haven't, then just feel free to ignore this tip. Uh, buy a plunger before you need one. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. Timothy Miles, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye. 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 goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> Put Roger in smash. <laughs> Do it, Zachariah, you coward. <laughs> Thank you.